you can't the, the material conditions determine what is morally acceptable and what's not when the french resistance what? were blowing nazis that was okay because of the material conditions they were in what? right do you agree with that but it's not what? always okay to just go blow people up no like, those are this is just marks the same have nothing to do with it i don't know if everyone heard that people thought it was moral so you just dropped the line. This is just Marxist Sam Harris. Can can you explain? Well, this is this is exactly Marxist Sam Harris. They, they, this guy is just using Sam Harris's argument of the moral landscape, but like with you know, but like combining it with Marxism with, with dialectical uh, with, materialism in this case, in that it's the conditions that yeah, yeah, made yeah, yeah, it morally yeah, yeah. justifiable. Like, like, like okay. Because because like this is the this is like the exact same same mistake that that Harris makes when he says uh, that. Like science can tell us what's right and wrong and like he's and he's not attending to the distinction between like once we figure out what our moral goals are sure you, there could be information from science that could tell us how we could achieve them mm-hmm. but science can't tell us what your moral goals should be all right so maybe uh here's a good chance to do a shameless plug for yourself your work and where people can find you so i can adjust volume on the fly <laughs> sure uh, so I am a uh, adjunct philosophy professor at Morehouse College in Atlanta, and I am a columnist for Jacobin Magazine. I host a show, YouTube channel, and YouTube podcast called Give Them an Argument, and I've written a couple of books, most recently this one. Ah, I believe uh, I, I have to grab myself a copy of that one, actually. I haven't read it, and I'm a huge Christopher Hitchens fan, so I'm very excited to. Yeah, so I uh, can get that uh, from um, can get that from Red Emma's uh, RedEmmas dot org uh, or uh, I mean, you know, it's it's obviously much more expensive if you if you live outside of the uh, the U.S. because of shipping costs. But if you for people who are within the U.S., I've got like a you know at this point like one and you know a little over one full box. Uh, but I had like a couple boxes of these that I'd ordered directly from the distributor to use at like book events that like aren't happening right now because places have, have, you know, like are not doing them because of Omicron. Uh, so, um, so I've I've also been offering to just like sign one and stick it in the mail for anybody who wants to just like, you know, Venmo me the cover price and a couple bucks for shipping. Fucking awesome! Uh, that sounds like a hell of a deal. And on top of that, they also get I'm sure your signature and everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you have the delight of like staring at my handwriting and trying to be like, <laughs> "What's Ben trying to say?" <laughs> um, all right. I know your time is limited, and uh, this de- this debate uh, doesn't go on for an exceptionally long time, but it goes on for a long enough time. Let's see if I can can I make it one two five. I can do that. Um, so you have a link to the uh, the video itself, and then um, I'm just going to play this for two seconds. Tell me. If I well, let me turn this down, I think I'm pretty loud. Chat, how are the audio levels? Are are we both uh, are we both okay? Do we sound all right? Uh, am I way too loud? Is Ben Burgess way too quiet? Uh, sounds good. I'm seeing good. Good is good. Um, eh. Sounds good to me. Oh, that's fantastic. All right. Um, and then I guess uh, Ben, my last question would be: Do you know anything going into this? Uh, literally all I know is what you told me last night. Okay. Well, no, I was, I was really curious your perspective because being a philosophy professor yourself, um, just right off the cuff, if someone was to ask you, would you use dialectical material, uh, materialism as a method for, uh, grounding, let's say, uh, moral ideology 
or is it more used as a tool in order to interpret uh, both um, the conditions around us and how they are shaped by uh, the individual and how the, in the conditions themselves shape the individual and then the individual in turn will shape the conditions was kind of more my understanding of it. Yeah, 100% that, that second one. Uh, so I, I think like sometimes I'll see people in like online lefty things like getting this from my perspective a little mixed up, but I think that the... Uh, like when you talk about historical materialism or sometimes people say dialectical materialism when they're thinking about like maybe this applies to things besides like history, but like regardless, uh, they, you're really, you know, you're on the, the facts side of the facts values distinction, right? You know, you're, mm-hmm. you're talking, you're talking descriptively about, for example, how, you know, one, you know, like how society changes from one mode of production to another and stuff like that. And the question of like, what would be good if it happened just seems like a totally separate issue to me. Mm-hmm. All right. Interesting. All right. Let's, uh, let's enjoy the dialectical. Lecture me on dialectical materialism. There's no point in having this. this discussion is my point. Can you answer that question? Do you think idealism means when you construct a hypothetical? Have you read you Capital? It's full of hypotheticals. It has nothing to do with reality, and you think that that gets you closer to the truth. That is idealism, because you are finding, you are making the ideal conscious processes of thought your basis for truth. Idealism is and not, what do you, not my basis I see, for finding truth. I see the, the issue. You world think world idealism world. is when you think, which is why you don't. Starting with a bang. Yeah, okay. All right. So, um, yeah, thank you for, for talking, for agreeing to talk to me. Um, I, I just, I have, I, I want to set this up by saying there is overlap between our audiences and, um, some of the, uh, some of the people, um, who watch your stream and watch mine, uh, have told me that I should reach out to you and talk to you. And they said you would be reasonable. I don't watch a ton of your content, you know, so I, you know, I'm, I'm taking their word for it and going to talk, I want to talk to you in good faith. And I know that, um, there has been what some might consider drama or beef going on between you, me and Luna and some other people. Um, developing for some time, so I just want to address that and give you the opportunity to respond to some some questions and things like that. So, does that all sound like what we kind of agreed to in the emails? Is that yeah, my ideal? pleasure. No, this is a, this is a bit of a novelty for me. Normally, when people disagree with me, they sort of just take shots uh, on Twitter. Uh, I actually have a lot of respect for people who like hashing it out. Uh, you know, whatever uh, whatever you know, my reputation might proceed. Uh, I do actually enjoy uh, just calmly talking about disagreements. You know. Um, but yeah, hit me up. You sent me an email the other day, and you know some people in chat were complaining, like you put out a video shit talking me. But uh, in the email, to your credit, you did say, "Hey, I'm going to put this video out, so don't interpret this as some kind of like sneaky, you know." Um, so yeah, I don't think they have anything to complain about. Yeah, and then also, you know, people have differences about what's appropriate and what's not. Um, I one of the reasons I put the video out before the conversation was because I wanted to kind of formulate my thoughts and have some sort of basis to speak on. Uh, you know, so I, you know, yeah, I do want to, I do want to try to get your, yeah, I want to give you an opportunity to respond to some of the things I said. I, I doubt you've had time to watch it because it was a very long video. I'm just, and, um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to preface. Uh, you know, it's only been like sorry. maybe 11 hours since I uploaded it. So no, but, I have people in my community uh, reacting to it. Some <laughs> like that. Some didn't, you know, I, uh, I'm known for having a disagreeable <laughs> community. So I guess I'll see. Okay, I have to stop it like this. Uh, I'm just going to preface by they. the first bit is uh, a bit of interpersonal drama, uh, and I'm just going to apologize for that. I know you're here for like a very deep uh, philosophical... Well, I, I don't... I, I was actually just... As I was as I was hearing all that, like it's, I'm, the only person who is in this discussion or has been referred to in this discussion I've ever heard of is Vosh. And, and as, as they're going, oh, there's this interpersonal drama between me and you, you know, this this beef between me and you and this other person. I was actually just feeling sort of 
silently proud of myself for like not going to that <laughs> any of this. <laughs> what are, what are you some kind of a professor <laughs> did you not spend all day terminally online learning about every online beef um i mean well, I'm, it, I'm not gonna say i'm not terminally <laughs> online but i struggle to be less terminally online and this seems like a win but yeah go go for it uh okay so uh, if i could quickly recap um yeah. uh, non-compete uh, the individual in the top left corner uh he is a anarcho-communist and him and his partner luna uh have a, a series of youtube uh channels and videos on different things related to either marxism communism that kind of stuff uh she had produced mm-hmm. a video uh about understanding dialectical materialism from the perspective of the actual school textbooks that she was given as a uh, vietnamese citizen and so her and her partner have been mm-hmm. trying to translate those textbooks into uh lessons that they're putting on youtube Vosh then watched those uh one of those videos and then uh, made a, a, a video on his YouTube channel that was like the the most brain dead tanky uh, thing I've ever seen or or like brain brain damage since you something like that right it was like a very inflammatory yeah, yeah, yeah. very inflammatory clickbait kind of thumbnail yeah. uh, and that uh, responded uh, well that resulted in Luna's channel getting uh, a large amount of uh, what uh, EJ has claimed to be like racist attacks uh, in uh, the, the comments racist attacks in Twitter stuff like that uh, and so that uh, led to this uh but the first I'd, I'd say like 10 or 15 minutes are about that interpersonal drama and then they get into debating about both uh you know moral relativism uh utilitarianism uh you know the stuff that i that, that i brought yeah, you here for could, yeah maybe we could skip skip ahead um to the like, you want you want to go right to the yeah name? just 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 like i mean i don't i i'm not look i'm, I'm not above like spending an hour on a deep dive on like whatever the hell is going on with these, these people like i could see myself getting fascinated with that and like spending way too much time doing that but it's probably better because of time constraints to get to the main stuff we're going to talk about okay well let's get to to the real content you see everybody this is this is the difference between when i bring on uh you know just like people who are interested in drama and stuff like that and uh ben burgess ben burgess is like hey come on can we get to the theory you, you promised me theory lance come on i mean <laughs> That the um the vitriol is sort I of a just, I just don't know these people. So. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's totally fair. <laughs> you don't think that if that were me and that were my audience, it's good too because I don't know if you know about how right now there's a huge like DMCA meta thing that's going on on Twitch where like big streamers are watching Top Chef and then they're worried about getting copyright strikes. So we're kind of really helping the 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 fair use boundaries right now. You know, we're we're just we're transforming this content into something new uh, by by skipping okay. through most of it. Posting okay. <laughs> disingenuous uh, far right. Uh, you know, pedo jacketing um, that that was literally cut off mid sentence. Okay, this is the the part where they they're talking about how she had accused him of being a pedophile. So I can I'll skip forward a little bit uh, further past that. Right, I know, right? So follow through, follow through. So in a consequentialist. Okay, so now we're here. Um, now you so because you said that you know people that don't address your opinions, blah, blah, your 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 actual right, positions. I feel like you spent two hours. You know, you call people that who who don't address your actual positions bottom feeding scum. And call me hours. pedophiles. That that's the part that okay. well, me the most. categorically, Luna did not call you a pedophile. She said she quoted something that you said, Wasn't and I a quote. do I do happen to agree. There, I, I don't think there's any situation where an adult can have a child, a, a sexual relationship with a child, and it has a positive out, outcome. So, if you had actually seen disagree. the full bit that was clipped from, then you would the agree. Bit. You saw the full bit, not just the Twitter bit, yes. but the full thing in which I yeah, was constructing your, your a rule. Foundation utility. was that uh-huh. there can be right situations where an adult and a child can have a positive outcomes. You didn't say 
Anyway, that's, that's totally so immaterial. For just, well, no, it's, it's, it's important. So in a consequentialist sense, you can easily construct a situation where essentially anything is fine. Can, here, I'll ask you. Just follow through with me 30 seconds. Well, I don't, I, I'm not an idealist. I'm not going to talk about hypotheticals that don't have any bearing on material reality. That is, wait, wait, hold on. Be, wait, hold on. Not, wait, hold on. Wait, Mark, first of all, we're not talking hypothetical wait, where adults can molest children and it has a positive outcome. You're not the one talking. Talk, wait, hold on. Wait, hold on. First of all, Marx was a philosopher. It's not idealism. Wait, no, hold on. Wait, you can't. You can't move away from this. Okay, hold on. I'm not letting you paint me like this and then run the fuck away. Wait, hold on. Wait, you just. You have to stop talking for one second. Okay, hold on. So imagine. All right. Imagine aliens come down to earth and they say this is absolutely ridiculous vosh you you've lasted six seconds so imagine far, okay? aliens this is as hypothetical idealism as you can get you're, totally, you're like you're literally just like you're off. you're like a honeymoon virgin you gotta last longer than six seconds just give me a second okay i let you did i not let you talk for a long time <laughs> i'm not gonna lie ben the chat is loving your face right now <laughs> like in both my chats everyone's like ben's face is life <laughs> did you did you have did you want to elucidate what thoughts are going okay, on okay um I guess my initial thoughts are uh, a, my objection to constructing elaborate hypotheticals where pedophilia would work out well is not that it's idealism, and I'm just going to leave that there. Okay. Uh, and uh, the, but moving on from that, you know, some part of it, uh, I would say uh, that, that uh, the idea that constructing hypotheticals has something to do with idealism just seems really wrong. And, and I think in kind of a frustrating way, because I think a lot of like kind of, uh, let's call it internet Marxism, okay. like, has, has absorbed the idea that... Um, that there's something called idealism that's really bad. It's like a little bit nebulous about what idealism is, right? Like, and and, and I think that it's, I think it's maybe kind of a shame because I actually think that like idealism and like what it actually is like is something that's kind of important to to sort of realize what's wrong with. But can, it seems can... like it's being used as a kind of free floating signifier for like stuff that sounds too abstract for me. Yeah. Okay. Can I run something by you? Um, yeah. uh, like, if I was to like completely Coles and Old Slayman terms, uh, something like this, like idealism yeah. being uh, that uh, you know, in the metaphysical, the idea that reality is only uh, only exists in so much that the human mind is capable of realizing or recognizing it, compared to materialism where it exists outside of our consciousness. Right? Is that just like kind of the Coles notes That's of the two? Yeah, so that's one thing that idealism can mean. I mean, I think in um, and and I mean, I guess it would fit into like a broader definition because that's like when you talk about like I don't know if, if people anybody out there is like a history of philosophy nerd, you know, like Berkeley is an idealist, and you know, like that's definitely along the lines of what you just said, right? That the uh, that um, reality can't exist except for blah blah blah. But like, I I think that. I think a lot of times specifically when Marx and later Marxists are talking about idealism, uh, they're, they're talking about something that's not necessarily making as extreme a claim as that, uh, but um, is, is, but like more the idea, like uh, as like a theory of history, maybe. Right. So like if, if like historical materialism is the view that, um, that what happens in history or, I mean, probably if, if you want this to be at all plausible, you're not going to say like everything that ever happens. Cause like that'd be goofy, right? Like you have like a materialist and now, you know, it's like, this is, this is why how materialism will tell us, you know, why like the, uh, 
uh, you know, Michigan State was knocked out of the conference championship and like what the, you know, why the plot of the last Marvel movie was what it was and everything, right? Like you probably want to narrow it down a little bit, but like, uh, but like whatever part of history you think you could have like a big overarching theory of materialism is going to say that there's economic factors that are, that are going to like dictate what happened or at least or at least they're going to like dictate what happens much more than other kinds of things are. So like um, what the, so like Marx will spend all this time talking about forces of production, which means roughly the capacity of a society to produce stuff and relations of production, which is like whether we have feudalism or capitalism or whatever. And so, and I I actually, so like, I think um, whereas, so that's like materialism, then I think idealism you know, in the sense, a lot of times Marxists are talking about when they talk about, you know, criticize idealism isn't as extreme as like the Barclay stuff you're talking about. It's just like sort of the idea that what really moves history is like the ideas in people's heads. You know, mm-hmm. that the uh, that um, you know, the the American Revolution happened because you know Don Locke happened to come up with some stuff about you know about about liberty and you know the government or whatever. Yeah, you know, the, uh, which, which leads to like American uh, exceptionalism as a concept, that kind of idea, or utopianism, right? Yeah. So, like, uh, like I think actually, like, here's a really good concrete example uh, that um, we're talking about Christopher Hitchens a minute ago, and and I think if you think about like you know, new atheism, you know, the uh, that that kind of period of of Hitchens's life, and like what's you know, what's wrong with it? I, I mean, I don't think everything's wrong about with it. I mean, I, I think that even in that era, there's stuff he's right about, but, uh, mm-hmm. but I think that, uh, I think that one thing that's wrong with it is that when you say like religion poisons everything, right. You're, you're saying like all this stuff that you, that you rightly have a problem with, like, uh, you know, repressive, you know, theocracies or, you know, like wars, you know, that are, that are justified using religion or whatever you're saying, like the cause of it is religion. Mm-hmm. And, that's in a way that's like super idealist. Cause you're saying that it's like people having like religious ideas, ideas. is like the main thing that's like moving these like huge historical events rather than like there are material reasons why these things happened. And then, you know, maybe like religion is used as a, as a justification, you know, as like a, mm-hmm. you know, justifying ideology. So, uh, so you wouldn't have had, like in a in a scenario, see, I'm going to do a hypothetical, uh, which <laughs> but that's not idealism. Uh, so, uh, in, a, uh, in a scenario where like Constantine had never converted to Christianity and like okay. early Christianity kind of died out, and so it didn't exist. Um, so whatever the justifying ideology was of European feudalism, it wouldn't have been Christianity. It would have, it would have been something else. But I'm pretty sure it wouldn't have been some nice like enlightenment secular you know, like liberal pluralism because that wouldn't have done the job of like justifying feudalism right you know you, you, you would have needed something a lot nastier than that to you know to keep the serfs in their place and, and all of that <laughs> so like that that kind of difference right like wh- whether uh or like or like saying you know spicier example maybe it, well actually which one is spicier depends on the crowd. Right. But the, uh, but different example, right. Like think, think about, um, you know, think about like different solutions to like systemic racial disparities. Right. And you think, okay, well, what's the, um, uh, is the, what's your not diagnosis of the problem and therefore what's your solution, right. Is your diagnosis of the problem basically that people 
of bad ideas in their heads and like that, that we can like, if we get like Robin D'Angelo to give enough seminars to enough people, you know, then, then like you've, you've solved the problem, right. Or, yeah. or is like fundamental problem about the distribution of, of, of material resources, right. You know, that, 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 uh, that, you know, black people in the United States are so much more likely to live in poverty and be victimized by various institutions and, you know, so on than white people. And, and I think, you know, so, I think stuff like that, I mean, to me, when you talk about like materialism versus idealism in this kind of context, Mm -hmm. like you're talking about like the difference between like Hegel who like just, just to, just to kind of like do the like bumper sticker slogan kind of version of it. Right. Like Hegel's theory of history is basically, you know, ideas make history and, and like Marx's theory of history is that like, yeah, obviously it's more complicated, blah, blah, blah. But like on some really fundamental level, like economic structures and circumstances, you know, make, make history. And that doesn't mean there's no human agency involved, but like it's happening within a, like the parameters that are set by that. Okay. So, so Oops, hypotheticals are fine. Like in fact, even just now in explaining what materialism was, like I had to use yeah, hypotheticals. hypotheticals. Like, yeah, yeah, of course. Like, it's, it's like how, how the fuck are you supposed to reason about things without like making hypothetical statements? Like that's just weird. Yeah. Or like the thing I, I think they're probably about to get into, if I'm guessing from what you told me in context, whatever, like people will say like, oh, anytime you're like making like a moral argument, that's like idealism. It's like, no, right? Like you, you can – could have a materialist analysis of what's going on in society and why workers are in conflict with capitalists and all that stuff. Like the sort of moral question of like, which side you want to win. Yeah. Is, is or, or how, issue. how would you f- even frame like a prescriptive statement in how to make things better? Right. That would come down to where exactly does your like moral framework come from? I think that's like, I, I okay. I don't, I don't want to spoil. No, no spoiler warnings. Okay. I'll just, okay. okay. All right. No yeah, spoilers. Well, let's do it. Time yeah. when you, long time when you were a long time. Yeah, uh, this is going to be buggy, but we'll make it happen. When you were establishing your premises, come on. I'm not going to talk about hypotheticals. With you don't you. have then to. You don't, then you don't. Then you don't have to talk. You just have to listen. You. you just have to listen. Okay. Now you can imagine a situation in which aliens come down to Earth and they say, "We're going to blow up the whole planet unless you kill this innocent kid." Now, in a consequentialist sense, <laughs> killing that innocent kid—I know, right? So follow through. Follow through. So in a consequentialist, in a, so in a consequentialist, I know an inability to grasp philosophy is one of my biggest issues with Luna. It makes sense. It's that we're idealism. To both of you. This is, that's it's not idealism. what I, this philosophy and idealism aren't the same thing. Those don't mean the same thing. You can Wikipedia. No, you're, you're, you're basing your, you're constructing hypothetical situations that have no bearing. Hypotheticals in aren't, I, wait, do you think an idealism is when you construct a hypothetical? Do you think those mean the same thing? You're going to lecture me on dialectical materialism. There's no you're point in having this. this discussion is my point. Can you answer that question? Do you think idealism means when you construct a hypothetical? Have you read Capital? It's full of hypotheticals. It has nothing to do with reality, and you think that that gets you closer to the truth. That is idealism because you are finding, you are making the ideal conscious processes of thought. You're based. Ben? Idealism. (laughs) I mean, your face is saying a thousand things right now. You think idealism. Listen, if you read read Dust. I I feel like you have some thoughts. I don't know. (laughs) No, but basically, basically my only only thought right now, we should should keep going. My only thought right now is that. is that like Vosh is totally right about larger point okay. about like the difference between idealism and constructing hypotheticals, right? You know, that like, yeah, you construct hypotheticals to explain materialist ideas all the time, right? Say like, this is why you couldn't have had like, um, 
you know, capitalism couldn't have just like randomly arose like in, in like the, the, uh, the bronze age or whatever. Right. You know, that like, you know, like, a, and why that wouldn't make sense. And, you know, like it, that would be a way of illustrating like a point about materialist theory of history. So obviously idealism versus materialism and illustrating your ideas using hypotheticals are totally different things, but also why aren't we talking about, about whether, like it would be okay to kill kids if aliens. I, I this. I mean, maybe there's a lot of context here. I don't want to know, but like this, this just seems like a very strange thing to dwell on. Um, yeah, I mean, I if you'd like, I can, I can just, uh, I can spare you that uh, that side of this because it's not going to be completely relevant. They don't, they don't stay on this for too long. It, it, it goes now. Okay, to, okay, to, yeah. okay. I'll just, okay. I'll just live in ignorance. Let's keep going. All right. It's <laughs> capital. You'll actually find hypotheticals. They're actually kind of ubiquitous. Um, look anyway, in that situation, in reality though, they're grounded in actual things that happen. So just let's finish the point. We can move on if you let me talk for 10 seconds. Okay. So in that situation, you could argue consequentially that the outcomes would be good to murder that innocent child because the earth doesn't get blown up. Then because the Twitter bit cuts me off literally mid sentence, you follow on from that point to talk about how a rule utilitarian could have a categorical opposition to the murder of children. In spite of that, the whole argument was one against the predation of children, but far right people like to clip me out of context because it's easier than debunking. He's, he's referencing the pedophile that clips that, that circulate about him. And defending right. it. That is idealism, though. That's not what <laughs> okay. idealism means. It is. When you think <laughs> that you can find any truth that, you, like, like when, when, like, if you use a hypothetical that's grounded in reality, then that's that's not. This that isn't what idealism it. means. This isn't. It's not. You don't know what that term means. Well, what do you think idealism means? So, do you mean idealism like in relationship to materialism in the dialectical sense, like dialectical idealism versus dialectical materialism? Because the Hegelian concept it, has nothing would... to do with the construction of hypotheticals. No, it doesn't. But it does. But no, it does. It does. So, so yes, it, it does. Because idealism is the position that the basis for finding truth, and this actually does move towards what I wanted to talk to you about. So I'm fine with talking about this now, because you're because you do. I do think you misunderstand the difference between materialism and idealism, and I think you don't understand the relationship between Hegel and Marx and Engels, and I don't think that you understand the difference between historical materialism and dialectical materialism. So these are all things I did want to ask you about. So. Idea, so the, Hegel's whole dialectic and the problem that Marx and Engels had with Hegel was that he sought truth on the basis of the ideal and consciousness. Okay, Marx and Engels broke with that and they thought that material, the material world in objective sense data, empirical sense data, is the primary basis for truth. But they were not empiricists. They were not positivists, meaning they didn't think you could only find truth in sense data, in empirical data. Okay, Do, do you agree with all of those things I just said or do you know those things? No, I, I don't think that's correct. I, I think that's simplified in some respects and incorrect in others. All right. Well, just tell me what you think idealism is, Vaj. The dialectical disagree. So first of all, idealism is a philosophical tradition dating back millennia. Uh, what you refer to as ideal, like, I don't know, there are like 20 different kinds of idealism, depending on where you're pulling from. The, 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 the juxtaposition usually posed against what Marx wrote was Hegelian dialectical idealism, which was the okay. idea that social advancements, that ideas that human civilization was moved forward as a product of the antagonisms which arise in people's thoughts as they have competing right. values and virtues which fight against each other and you achieve synthesis, which is ideally an advancement of the idea, right, of the, of the concept. Okay, yes. And Marx's... Can I stop you for one moment? Sure. Can I stop you for one moment? Okay. So an example of that, I think... And one of the big problems we have on the left today, and a problem that I've seen you have in your discussions, is that we have these hypothetical discussions about what we should do or shouldn't do, or after the revolution, will this happen or will this exist, and blah, blah, blah. And we construct, hypoth and we construct hypothetical scenarios about the future, and then we think that that's what we should base all of our 
praxis and activism one. So in other words, we come up with the ideas first, which Engels described as utopianism, Marx and Engels described as utopianism. And then we think like, okay, we've got this perfect vision for where we want to be. Now we have to get from here to there and we have to dogmatically stay that course. That would be, would you agree that that's an idealist basis for moving a movement forward, a political movement? I think it's utopian, but I don't think it's a dialectically idealist concept. I think you could frame that belief system through dialectical materialism just fine. You, you could frame that system through dialectical materialism, frame, frame a utopian system? Or what do you mean? I don't understand what you mean. Dialectical materialism is only a, a mode of analysis. It's a theory to explain the, the movement, the evolution of human behavior, uh, society, social developments. You know, you could apply it to anything. You can analyze any system, any society through the lens of dialectical materialism. It doesn't have to be, uh, it, there isn't like, there isn't yeah. like a dialectically materialist way of doing a thing, you know, outside the process of analysis. You can't like make a civilization and go like, this time we'll do it dialectically yeah, material. The point is, that uh, you're, you're putting the cart before the horse if you say, this would be a perfect society. Yeah, I just want to pause it for one sec. A, because I've seen you receive a lot of psychic damage, and B, because for some reason the chat is obsessed with this ad in the top right corner. Chat, uh, you need some, like, bonking sticks or something. Anyways, um, uh, Ben, what um, what would your initial uh, take be from from the, uh, the, the material that uh, has been passed back and forth? Yeah, um... I think that the stuff about sense data was was kind of helpful, and I, and I don't really understand what he was trying to say there. Uh, I, I mean, I think that because it's a little bit, I think there might be a little bit of confusion there between like how we find out what's true, and then like what you're claiming about what is true, right? So, so, I, so I think you start talking about sense data and all that. That sounds like we're doing epistemology. We're trying right. to you know, we're trying to figure out it's like okay, the how do we truth. know what's true? Yeah. And whereas if you're um, you know like talking about you know historical materialism or again you know people might sometimes use phrase dialectical materialism to mean like same kind of method analysis applied to other things. Uh, that it seems like you're you're talking about like what you claim is true, right? So in other words, I think that the the difference between idealism and materialism is a difference about what you think is true, not necessarily a, a difference about how you find out what's true. And so, well, yeah, so would you, would you I, agree I with the statement that it's helpful. not... Well, I was going to say, would you agree with the statement that it's not something that is broadly used uh, to apply uh, like a prescriptive statement to how we should do things, more yeah. of a, an analysis of how exactly... Uh, you know, a certain uh, system, or you can use it to explain multiple different things. Like, I've seen people even try to explain moments uh, from the Big Bang onward uh, using, like, you know, a material yeah, analysis. I, I said the, the amount of energy I, atoms would be exchanging with each other to pair off into bonds and things like that, right? Um, like that, I, but I've seen that. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying whether or not that's there correct, are, but there yeah. Are people, there are people who talk like that, and to be fair, um, I don't think it was quite as bad as that, right? But I mean, like, Engels wrote a book called Dialectics of Nature, which is sort of doing, obviously, he's not talking about the big bang and particles, you know, since, since the 19th century, but, like, it's it's kind of a um, little bit of a, a reversion of, of something like, like that for, you know, trying to talk about natural science. And um, we'll say I'm not a big fan of any of that. I mean, like, that just sort of seems like, I mean, I don't know. I'm a simple man. I think if you want to know what's true about biology or physics, you should like ask a biologist or a physicist and not like try to find like eternal truths and like the collected writings of Marx and Engels and like figure <laughs> out, like extrapolate from that, you know, what's true about <laughs> biology or physics. Uh, and, and if there's some kind of like echo of like 
Thumb Hangler Marks thing and whatever you do learn, I guess that's interesting. But I mean, like, that's not like, I don't know how relevant that is to anything. I mean, I, I think that the, um, again, I think materialism in the sense that we're interested in here is a claim about how, um, but history works, right? Why, like, how, uh, why, like, uh, the legal and political superstructure of a society is the way that it is at any given time, why the underlying, you know, economic relations are the way that they are at any given time. And, and you know, of course, that's going to be very relevant to the prescriptive question, which is, uh, you know, yeah, what should you, you know, what do we want to do politically? You know, what, how should you change it? But, like, it's going to be relevant to it in the sense that any time that like uh that you like it's that any kind of moral argument right or 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 just you know argument about what to do of course like there are usually going to be empirical things that are that are relevant right i mean like like if i on oh, the influence each uh, other as well yeah like like they can be relevant in the sense that like okay so um like if you if uh like think about what's wrong with uh like all right we'll, we'll just pull from the classics here like think about uh think about Ben Shapiro being interviewed by Andrew Neil mm-hmm. and you know and uh and and Neil asks him why he supports the like super harsh anti-abortion laws uh in uh my current state of residence and um and and Shapiro says uh science and uh, and and then I think sends us like a sentence or two saying that's because science tells us that a fetus is a human life, and it's like okay, sure. I mean, you know that that's like a you know, biological checklist for what counts as life. You know, a, a you know fetus would you know check a lot of those things, and it's certainly you know humid. I mean, nobody's gonna like you know it's not like anybody thinks it starts out as a raccoon and just slowly you know turns into a human being, uh, but where the action really is going to be in that argument is like, okay, premise one, a fetus is a human life. That's the empirical premise. And that's an important part of how you're going to get to the pro-life position. But like premise two is going to be everything that's a human life, you know, how, you know, has this right against, you know, against being terminated that like overrides a pregnant woman's, you know, right to bodily autonomy. And like, so you can't get just for the first one, the conclusion. I mean, this is, this is what's wrong with, with Sam Harris when he says that, uh, science can can tell us, you know, can tell us what what our what our morality should be, you know, because because yeah, again, it could give you information that's going to be super duper relevant. I mean, like there are things that like it can inform I mean, our decisions, know, but ultimately, yeah, it can is, inform is your decisions, yeah. but it's not gonna it's not gonna tell you. I mean, like you could, in principle, completely accept Marx's theory of history and think it's a hundred percent right. But like also. I don't know, you hate poor people or something. And like, so like, so, so you think, yeah, this is like the, you know, um, that is exactly how capitalism came about. It's exactly how it works, but it's awesome. Mm-hmm. And and I want to, I want to keep it as long as possible. And if it's <laughs> socialism or barbarism, then I choose barbarism, you know, like you, you <laughs> that, could, you know, you could that's, have that that's combination being of views. <laughs> that's being clipped. That, <laughs> I was like, someone's going to clip that now. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. that's on Twitter now. It's yeah, like, just, uh, just, the, <laughs> just the part, like the part of the sentence where I say, so if it's socialism or barbarism, I choose barbarism. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know. Well, yeah, it, like, it's going like, to be like Radlib, Ben Burgess, you know, supporting us imperialism and is a huge fan of capitalism. And we're like, Oh, great. <laughs> it's happening again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, but 
I think that, uh, I mean, like, I, again, it's going to be relevant, like the same way, like if, um, if you're saying like, uh, I don't know, uh, you know, you're, you're in one of those, like there's this, uh, you're, you're about to get out a helicopter because there's like about to be like a, you know, avalanche that's going to crush everything under it or something. And, uh, there's, and there are some like bodies lying in the streets and, you know, you find out one of these guys is actually still alive. And that's of course a super relevant piece of empirical information for like what you decide to do. Right. Mm -hmm. But that by itself doesn't tell you, do we risk everybody else by trying to go back to them or not? That's still a moral argument. And the same way, I think that if you, if you have like what, what like a Marxist theory of history is going to tell you is how social change can happen, right? Like what it would take that to happen. And of course, if you want like if you don't like capitalism and, and you would prefer something else and, you know, you think, you know, poverty and racism and all that stuff are really bad and you want to overcome them, then yeah, super relevant. Mm. But like um, by itself, there's nothing about that like factual claim about how reality works that's going to tell you whether you should like want historical change to happen and so use all that information to figure out how to make it happen or whether like you hate that idea, like you're going to use this information, you know, information to, um, you know, to stop it, uh, to stop it from happening if at all possible. Right. Like, so, yeah. or like, um, you know, Kant, uh, has an example, the groundwork, the metaphysics of morals about how like the, uh, the same medical knowledge that would help a doctor, uh, cure somebody, you know, would, uh, would all might also like, tell them how they could like kill them. So nobody would ever know. <laughs> and, you know, and, and, and like, surely like medical science by itself, isn't going to tell you <laughs> which one to do And Like there are situations where that can be a real dilemma. I mean, like if you're like, like if you remember like in like 20, uh, was it 2018, or early 2019 when Bolsonaro was originally running for president of Brazil and, and he, and he, when was he got stabbed. stabbed. Yeah. Yeah. He's having problems right and now because of the blockage. Yeah, well, look, if you're a doctor treating Bolsonaro, I mean, this could be a real dilemma, you know, like, uh, do I... Uh, True. You know, do, I, do I save humanity in the Amazonian rainforest for right now by doing something that is objectively condemned by society and could be considered evil? That's, yeah. uh, there's the trolley question that no one's ever asked before. The the Bolsonaro trolley question. <laughs> okay. Um, right, can I, 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 I just to stop any of this from being legally yeah. actionable, I'm just going to stop this train of thought right here. <laughs> yeah, in Roblox, uh, Ben Burgess is uh, joking of course this is a satire and parody anyways hey can i do one quick uh uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. uh bookkeeping thing um and I'm, I'm gonna hit play right afterwards uh chat please respect uh the mods i know there's a lot of people here watching right now i know this is a very spicy uh stream that me and ben are doing and this is a very contentious uh topic but please uh just listen to the mods if they're telling you to chill out they're trying to keep like hundreds of people uh relatively unscathed in a very fast moving chat so just uh just you know Listen to the mods, treat them well, and also go check out Trashcan's channel, uh, who also just appeared. And then we're going to you, you find out through practice what works and what doesn't. That was a big important thing that Mark Singles pointed out, was that you can only find truth through practice and practice. I'm not a utopian. I agree that it is dumb to conceptualize an ideal society. And then okay, so to... when you conceptualize things with aliens and things that don't happen on planet Earth, that's a useless rhetorical strategy. Oh my god, this is what you were running back to? No, okay. Yes. So, no. I'll, let me explain. Please listen. This can be instructive, okay? There is a massive okay. difference between 
framing your pragmatic advocacy for a political system based on a utopian vision of a future that you don't have material conditions to account for, and the construction of a hypothetical to illustrate the dynamics of a moral system. If you read Capital, I promise you, you, you will system. find Boom. hypotheticals that are very concept. outlandish. Hold on. Your, your whole thing, you believe that you can construct a moral system where you can, you know, before I didn't construct it, it's just rule utilitarianism. You can't, the, the material conditions determine what is morally acceptable and what's not. When the French resistance what? were blowing Nazis, that was okay because of the material conditions they were in. What? Right? Do you agree with that? But it's not what? always okay to just go blow people up. No, like those are, this is, this is just Marxist Sam Those have nothing to do with you. I don't know if everyone heard that. Then people thought it was moral. So you just dropped the line. This is just Marxist Sam Harris. Can, can you explain? Well, this, is, this is exactly Marxist Sam Harris. They, they, this guy is just using Sam Harris's argument of the moral landscape, but like with, you know, but like combining it with Marxism. With, with dialectical uh, with, materialism with, in this case, in that it's the conditions that yeah, yeah, made yeah, it morally yeah, yeah. justifiable. Like, like, like he, okay. Because no, like this is the this is like the exact same same mistake that, that Harris makes when he says uh, that like science can tell us what's right and wrong and like he's and he's not attending to the distinction between like once we figure out what our moral goals are sure you, there could be information from science that could tell us how we could achieve them mm-hmm. but science can't tell us what your moral goals should be right. uh, and and he has all these like weird sophistical ways of like trying to blur that distinction and like this is just the same argument this is the same argument right that like this like yeah sure like if you know stuff about Again, stuff about the material conditions in Nazi-occupied France could absolutely be relevant to. They could be part of a like formative argument for saying, "Yeah, we should totally do this thing that you know might be wrong under other circumstances." But they can't get you all the way there. Mm-hmm. And you know, look, I, I I don't think I could be accused of of being a uh, uncritical Vosh apologist, given that literally the only time I've ever talked to him was to argue with him. Yeah, uh, so, yeah, no, I don't uh, think anyone but, would. Yeah. No, but he, but he is a, uh, but he's a hundred percent right about what he said at the at the beginning of this part. You know, which actually, I should actually also say to be fair, non compete said something correct for like a second, but then like I, I think he didn't follow up on the thought, right? Which is that mm-hmm. he said that it can, um, what you know, historical materialism can do for you is it can tell you what will work and what won't work. Mm-hmm. That was right. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. That is exactly the claim that historical materialism is going to make. So if you think it's true, yep, that's what it can do, right? You know, that it can tell it's, you. It's determining what you work. want to work, though, is the, is the question, right? Because where exactly are you no, going to yeah, make the exactly. prescription? Like, you, it'll, it'll tell you how this works, but exact, what, how do you want to apply that in, in the real world is, I think, the problem they're having. Oh, exa- no, exactly. Like, it, like it, it can, um, like, there's a, there's a huge difference between if you have such and such goal then this empirical information, or in this case, like a you know, materialist analysis of history, is going to tell you what will or won't be an effective strategy for reaching that goal. But that's a completely different thing from telling you what your goals should be. Right. Okay. That's exactly the opposite of what I'm saying. The material saying conditions of 16th century choice. agriculture demanded the existence of slavery. Did, do you think that's moral then? Like, what? That's my point, is that it has... I, don't, I, I believe I'm a, I am a... My morality stems from dialectic... Like, so let me put it this way. But dialectical materialism isn't a moral system. It's just a, an analysis of history. Those are okay. This is these Why are the people who think, criticize my philosophy. Here's the way you're wrong because you are conflating empiricism and and uh, positivism and determinism with dialectical materialism. Thank you, Tigwick. Engels pointed out, Vosh, is that through conscious activity we can impact the material world and we can make changes. And so, for instance, people can liberate themselves by developing mass movements, but they have to develop them 
with an understanding of the material processes of reality. If you try to develop, so for instance, of course, all poor people don't want to be poor anymore, right? But like, if you have false consciousness and you don't have a firm grasp on how material processes work and how the world actually develops and how things can develop and how applying your consciousness to material conditions will develop reality. If you don't have that, then you will fail and fail and fail again. That's why Engels and Marx wrote Socialism, Utopian and Scientific because they wanted to stop. So I'm just curious about your your thoughts on the line because I saw your face uh, wince there. Was it the, the material conditions of uh, the 16th century that did not necessita- necessitate slavery? Was oh, no, I mean, that was... No, I, I understood what he was what he was saying there, right? Because um, that's like if if it's, I think his point his point of that line was that you uh, was that non-compete is like sort of jamming together the questions of like what's possible or impossible in any given scenario and like what you want to to happen, right? Like so 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 if it's you know, hypothetically, if it's true that it wouldn't have been possible to abolish slavery in the 16th century, that's like a moral tragedy, right? Like that's, that's a, you know, that's, you know, cause like this, like the most horrific institution that's ever existed is going to like, there's no way to stop it existing for a while. But, um, but no, I, I think, um, as in the dialectical materialism alone is not the sole reason why it would have been morally correct to abolish slavery. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like that's just okay. a separate issue, right? Like, like, do you want to abolish slavery, and is it going to be possible at any given time? And if it is possible, like, what's going to be an effective strategy for doing it? Right? I mean, these are all like, those are all three separate questions, right? Dialectical materialism might tell you something about the is it possible, and if it is possible, what would be an effective strategy? But it's it's not going to tell you how you should feel, you know, about. Uh, about slavery, but I did want to follow up on the utopianism thing because I think this is this is where non-compete has like half a point, but I think only half. You know that like that that I think that this because um, like when like Ingalls is criticized in utopianism and in the socialism utopian and scientific um, the anti during right he's like his point is um, like or at least his central point as I understand it right is that. Uh, just sort of dreaming up in abstract, you know, here's what, like, you know, what, like if I could just will it into existence, right. You know, here's the kind of society that I would like to, to exist um, is, is going to be like unhelpful if like, if that's detached from some kind of understanding of like what's possible or impossible to, to like actually bring about at this time in history, you know, given these conditions or whatever, but that doesn't actually tell you anything about like, again, what you should want to happen, right? I mean, like, mm-hmm. like it might tell you how far you're going to be able to realize your, you know, you'd like, like do things that accord with your values at any given time, but it's, it's not going to, you know, it's not going to tell you, it's not going to tell you what your values should be. And, and, and I think that this is, I think that what he's, what non-compete is doing here is sort of jamming together the question or blurring the line between the question of like, uh, that sort of maybe correct critique of, of utopianism that it, that if you like sort of dream up all the details of how you think everything should work mm-hmm. rather you know like that's that's going to be unhelpful because what you should do is like you should think about like how we could go about affecting change given what's concretely possible in these circumstances or something like that like i think he's just jamming that together with like either you just shouldn't have moral views or somehow, and again, this is where we get back to Marx and Sam Harris, like somehow or another, 
dialectical materialism is going to tell you what your moral views are, which just seems totally confused to me. Okay. Um, and just to clarify to the people in chat saying that uh, Ben is, is not uh, thinking about the horrors of, say, like chattel slavery, his his statement, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, Ben, is that um, yeah. is that the analysis of 16th century slavery uh, doesn't itself, like from a dialectical materialist perspective, tell you whether it was morally right or wrong. Whereas like everyone here, I think being on the left especially, would agree, and most people just in general society, yes. that it was horrifying. Yes. That it, that is uh, that is absolutely the worst. But you cannot find out whether it's good or bad simply looking at it through the lens of dialectical materialism from a relationship of the like the materials uh, in and of themselves is kind of the idea yeah i mean i also said that it that if that's true and i'm not even like necessarily granting that it's true but right. like you know again i've been an idealist here and use hypotheticals uh if uh, if it's true that that slavery couldn't have been abolished at that point in history and I also said that's a moral tragedy because it's the most evil institution that's ever existed in human history, right? So, like, if if you couldn't, if there was no way to, you know, like, like in other words, like, if if you're um, take it back from like the 16th century to ancient Rome, right? I mean, like, like, like if if you're, um, you know, if you're looking at like Spartacus's revolt and saying like, there's no way it's possible that this is just going to be successful. They're going to create like a society based on free labor under these under these material circumstances. That's an awful, awful thing if that's true, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, and like it might, you know, um, you know, like as a time traveler back there, it might even still be worth trying, right? You know, like even if even if you think that your analysis tells you it's not going to work, you know, at least you can, you know, retain some kind of dig- dignity by 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 not taking it lying down, you know. But um, but again, these are all just separate questions, right? Like what it's possible to achieve at a given point. If it is possible, what strategy is going to be effective in helping you achieve it? And then like what you're trying to achieve in the first place. That last one is a values question. Those first two are facts questions. Mm-hmm. They were they were they were organizers. They were activists. They were actually going out. Uh, they were members of groups. They were doing things, you know, and they had praxis. And they were so tired of having hypothetical conversations with people. There's a difference know, between there's a difference between opposition to constructing a hypothetical entirely and opposition to the idea of basing one's entire political advocacy off of hypotheticals and nothing else. But that's because pragmatic advocacy for a political system and ethical systems are two different things. Hypotheticals are the only things that you can really use to construct a normative uh, ethical system because you have to isolate. Because first where of all, you this, you know, where are you getting this information from? Or is this something you just came up with? Or what, where, what, is, what is this? What are, you, what are you talking about? Okay. If you're constructing an ethical system, like, or, or, or I guess learning to understand what one. Like, wait, what's, a, what's an ethical system? What's a moral system? A normative process by which you determine whether an action or a person is good or bad. In my case, an action, because I'm not a uh, uh, um, virtue ethicist. Uh, okay. And you think, do you think that, that you can make one moral system that applies in all conditions? Or like, what are you talking about? Yeah, the, really goal, the, goal would, the goal would be to construct a normative ethical system that's universally applicable. It is a constant subject of debate in philosophy. That's idealism. That is not idealism. That's no, that's not what idealism means. It is because you're saying that you can hypothetically construct. You're saying that like if you sat down and thought hard enough, you had a big enough piece of paper and you wrote down enough if then Boolean logic statements, you could construct uh, exactly what is morally correct in any given situation in your mind. Well, the difficulty usually isn't whether something is good or bad. It's whether or not we can assemble all the necessary information to determine whether or not it's good or bad. Like hypotheticals are the easy isolating. That's what what Martin Engels, that was their big breakthrough. That's what made them, they synthesized empiricism and positivism of people like Hume and Ricardo and Smith and the idealism of Hegel. And they realized 
that there's actually this dialectical relationship between material reality, material conditions, and human consciousness. But that, that, that that's not a matter of to... ethics. If we're talking about ethics, you need hypotheticals because they allow you to isolate conditions that you can use to determine the frameworks of your system. If you're only using practical examples for an ethical consideration, then you're post-talking everything that happens. You're like, well, was that train crash bad? And you're like, well, well, uh, I don't have a system for this. Uh, and you're like working through it. It's it, di yeah, Dialectical materialism is just like this. Dialectical materialism is a system devised to allow us to analyze the world and to provide us a framework for understanding. That's what an ethical... Marx and Engels... Socialism, utopian and scientific, wrote, the final causes of all social changes and political revolutions are to be sought not in men's brains, but in men's better insights into eternal truth and justice, not, not in men's better insights into eternal truth and justice, but in changes in the modes of production and exchange. They very specifically That's said ethical... that we can't just sit around and think about what's best. We have to go out and apply things in the material world. That has to nothing to do with that. Okay, you realize that Marx had a, had a doctorate, right? Like clearly sitting and thinking is part of the process. I think it's okay to sit down and read out a few hypotheticals to learn an ethical system. Like, like, would you would you like say this to some kid in kindergarten? Like, you know, action is what we need. Like, uh, like, yes, it's okay to do hypotheticals. It's okay to learn ethical systems. And by the way, rule utilitarianism is really applicable with socialism. It is incredibly naturally, almost intuitively, uh, uh you know, um, in line with, with the moral assertions a person might make to, to argue in favor of socialism. Martin uh, Engels did not just sit around thinking, okay? Like in their brains. We're not First talking all, about just sitting active. around. Wait, are you against the concept of, of philosophy? You have to base your analysis on objective data. And there are two sources of objective data. There are there's the material world and then there are objective social relations. That's the way Marx and Engels put it anyway. Okay, let let me let me test your intuitive system then. Okay? Um mm -hmm. let's let's hit it then. Is it wrong to hit a person? It absolutely depends on the material conditions in the situation and the objective social relations at play. There's no universal social answer to that relations. question. Okay, I agree. So one might say that social relations, I need to define that term. Circumstances matter. Um, yeah. Okay. So I agree with that. So let's say. Um, okay. Let's let's use an example where all of the cases are known. You said that I was too vitriolic to Luna. Why is that bad? I said that you need to look at the evidence that it's being presented to you. And, and consider whether you think it's bad or not. And I'm I asking you to apply this kind of analysis to your own platform. Well, I've done that, but you clearly think it was bad because otherwise you wouldn't take issue with it enough to talk to me about it. You, you I think, think I've acted in error. Here, because I saw evidence, which is that after you talked about her, not just once, but every time you've done a stream about her, I saw a huge uptick in people throwing racist vitriolic shit at her. Why is that, that bad? That she doesn't usually receive on that scale. That's the evidence I presented to you. Okay, why is that bad? I was bad? convinced by that. Excuse me? Why is that bad? Why is that bad? Why is that bad? Because a human being suffered because of, as a direct result of actions that you performed. Do you think that human suffering is always bad? What about when we shot Nazis? I don't think that Luna, if you think that Luna deserves to suffer, do you think Luna deserves to suffer? Is that your point here? By, the, by being wait, attacked wait, by racists? Is you're that what the you're one, saying? You're the one who said that it was bad because a person suffered. So logically, I extend you from that. You okay. think when suffering yes. are happens. You, are you denying that it's bad that Luna suffered because racists sent racist vitriol at her? I'm asking you your position. Why was it bad? I would say that it's, it's definitely bad. Because what? it's promoting the racist system of white supremacism, which oppresses million, billions of people around the planet. Why is that bad? It is bad because we should seek to liberate all of humanity from oppression. Why? So the main, so, so the main point of Marx and Engels is to... So you realize that the main point of dialectical materialism and historical materialism is to free humanity from all class antagonisms so that we can finally begin... Writing history ourselves. That's 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 basically the way that they put it. Why did so they think that was worth the, doing? Because throughout the throughout modern history, or throughout history since class antagonisms arose, let's put it that way, human beings have been 
driven forward by oppressive relations with the means of production. And that limits humans and it causes a lot of suffering. And I understand these is, terms. You already said suffering can be good or bad. Limiting? What makes these things bad? I don't understand. Okay, limiting oppression, giving people the ability to develop their own, uh, their own material conditions and to have the, the, the freedom to do what they want. That's what they talked about in Why should people have freedom? Should people have freedom to murder? Vash, freedom to, to, serve, to, to, li to live? It, I, I... <laughs> it would be nice to have an ethical system you could apply to answer these questions, right? No, okay. A person has the right... This is, okay. Let's go back to the material conditions, all right? If you're being oppressed, right? If you're being oppressed and somebody is forcing you to work for them as a slave or a wage earner or whatever, that is a form of exploitation, okay? Isn't that their what freedom? What is bad... Excuse me? Isn't that their freedom? You're talking about Isn't restricting the freedom, freedom of people to do unto others what they will. No, I'm not. Yeah, you are. You're saying that you don't like it when people <laughs> exercise their freedom to oppress others. You said you value okay. freedom. Vash. Mm -hmm. Listen. The fact of the matter is that Marx and Engels believed that exploitation through class antagonism is not good. Do you uh -huh. agree or disagree with that? Oh, I, oh, we're talking about what I... Oh, I agree. I, I think I'm a Marxist, at least in some respects. But I have an ethical okay. system that informs the reasons why I feel Marxism is worth following. And what is that? Rule utilitarianism. Or I guess some people say you can fold that into act utilitarianism. So let's just say utilitarianism. But you, uh, you, but there's no... Uh, this isn't okay. a matter of idealism. It's a matter of understanding why we fight for what we fight for. What you're arguing for is intuitive morality, which is exactly what leads to every goddamn pogrom and mass slaughter that's ever happened throughout history. When people post-talk justify what's right or wrong. Only the construction of and adherence to moral okay. systems that you can understand can prevent that kind of stuff from happening. And it's why I'm hammering on it right now. I don't like it when you're, you're laughing like, oh, hypotheticals, oh, well, thinking... Material conditions will dictate what's acceptable or not. If... And, and, and the only way to... to we have to... Okay. Like, why are you against the concept? Do you think you're smarter than, like, all of, like, ethics? Like, the whole philosophy? Like, no, that's, my that's like, the most complicated... So, so, okay. If you are... I don't know how to explain this to you. Like, like you have to look at history, right? That's one, way we, that's one way to look at it. So, whenever people have been enslaved, if they rise up and use violence to liberate themselves, then that is probably acceptable because they had material conditions in which they, violence was being... Okay, so... so like so, the Nazis? Rising up against the Nazis was acceptable, yes. No, no, no. The, the after, World War, after World War I, the Nazis claimed that Jewish bankers were holding the country down through... And that was false consciousness because that wasn't actually happening. How can you that tell? That was false consciousness. They constructed a moral utilitarian rule that, was, that did not align with reality. They were not utilitarian. Wait, the Nazis world. were not utilitarian. Careful with that. They yeah, were very, very not utilitarian. The um, point is that they were, their, their ideology was not aligned with reality. How, how can you tell? Because Jews don't actually control banks in the world. There was a disproportionate number of Jewish control of banks in Germany during the Weimar Republic. All right, gosh, we're done here. Thank you. Goodbye. This is, uh, that's all I need to hear. You don't have an ethical, oh my God. <laughs> so, uh, obviously I'll let it play out a little Clean bit longer afterwards, but that's, uh, it, yeah, it, it ends with, uh, it's quite a, quite a finale, uh, you know, uh, I, I don't know where. Um, I, I suppose I should say just for the record, I'm sure uh, most people in the audience are, are well aware that is a uh, that's that's an anti-Semitic uh, myth. It, it is not based in reality. Uh, I think it's uh, historically less than one percent of uh, you know Jew Jewish people in the Weimar Republic uh, had uh, you know control of uh, you know uh, lending banks, usury, any of that kind of stuff. So it's uh, 
it's not uh it's it's not true it is it is deeply uh deep deeply debunked at this point but anyways uh professor i figured i'd let you take it away yeah. you seem to have ingested quite a bit of information so <laughs> uh yeah i mean it's right I, mean, I, I guess it could be like a tiny 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 percentage but still you know disproportionate i take it his point was like he was driving at i think it's maybe an unfortunate example but i think i think his like probably i'm guessing the point Walsh was driving at there is something like okay but like what's the significance of this fact right why what, you know why does that matter right you know that and, and like to try to take it back to to the normative um but um but yeah i mean i guess i guess uh non-compete was saying um again i think he kind of said some correct stuff in there but 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 i think he uh but i think he was connecting the dots in a weird way so uh so i i think all that stuff about like yeah you know marx and Engels are are talking about um you know like when Engels uses that phrase scientific socialism you know it's like it's like the point is to you want to resist oppression and bring about more human freedom and all that stuff that that's all right right like and, and i kind of you know from my perspective like really close to getting important point here but but he's not quite getting it which is just that like when Engels uses that phrase scientific socialism like what he means is it's like an engineering science in other words like you have this goal you know, and you you take what you can learn from social science to to figure out how to achieve that goal. Uh, the the same way, like um, you know, you like in like actual engineering, like you you take what you learn from physics and you you know use it to figure out how to construct a bridge or whatever. But like, you know, the physics isn't telling you to construct bridges, right? Like you know, you you just have that goal that you use physics to you know figure out how to uh, you know apply it for that goal. And it, and so I think the point that you know, Vosh is trying to lead him to, and and I think he's probably being a little provocative with the thing about the Weimar Republic, just like he was earlier with the thing about slavery. You know, like like with with the kind of picking the examples, um, and and I'm, the slavery one, I feel like I get what he was saying with, with the Weimar Republic one. Maybe it would have become clear if that had played out, but I don't really get what the point was that moment i don't know i don't know if you have a take on that i think he i could be wrong because this is about why i stopped watching but i think there's a explanation yeah. i'd run too if i was him oh that was good let me speed it up god i can't believe people in my community like that guy that was funny as hell you gotta lean into the clips you gotta lean into oh in case anyone's curious about what was happening there that guy was actually too stupid to have a conversation with he actually thought that the construction of an ethical system and using hypotheticals to understand ethics meant that you were some kind of anti-material idealist. He was dismissing the concept of philosophy. Marx was a philosopher. I mean, like, Mar- like Marx would be like laughing. Yeah. Yeah, he couldn't, con- he couldn't comprehend the idea of an ethical system. Did he learn anything, though? I-, I feel like for a bit there, he got close to understanding. Um, he got close to understanding when I was asking, like, well, why is freedom wrong? Why is suffering bad? So on and so on. Like, yeah. Dishonest or stupid? No, I think, he- I don't know. He might just be stupid. Bosch, give us an actual lesson on rule utilitarianism now, please. I'd like to see how you'd answer these questions. Dude, this is so easy, man. It's so easy, okay? So, as a moral anti-realist, I don't think there's any way to objectively determine what is good or bad in the universe. However, I do think that you can build a system all of human history and have, like, a, a strong understanding of whether something is good or bad. You guys are the most annoying part. You're like, Cliff, Cliff, who cares? I don't care. Um, he's got Luna in the stream now, and she's bad-mouthing you. I feel like any obligation that I had to take him seriously probably vanished when he was giving me shit for being mean to his wife. And, um, and then... Like the negative three me's. They're like a every person who's moved leftwards from people like that are like a. I was really nice. Look at how quickly his worldview falls apart. 
couldn't answer anything, like basic ethical questions. And he was like stumbling, like, like, uh, well, the freedom, the freedom to, to live, like, yeah, they, they have nothing, you know? It's really pathetic. The, by the way, just to be clear, the reason why, um, the, the reason why I'm okay with being mean to these guys is because they're like the cancer of socialism. You know what I mean? Um, it, there, there are people. That's yeah, that's, no, I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't think we're going to get it because it's too relevant here. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, I don't really know where he was going with the Weimar example. I think that his point about the slavery example is that like, if, if you believe that like slave rebellions at an earlier stage of human history couldn't have been successful because you know, the, just the material conditions of the society wouldn't have been conducive to like a system of capitalism based on free labor. And even if that's true, that tells us nothing mm -hmm. about whether slavery was really wrong or whether like, maybe it would have even been like morally correct to just like rip it all down. Right. I mean, if, if, and, and like, if, if, if it's like, society kind of falls apart you know like maybe it's even correct to do that because slavery is so evil you know like uh like th these are all just separate questions right like they like is slavery wrong question is just a separate question from like the at what point in history would it have been possible to uh to, to overcome it like, yeah my, my point well my interpretation of that which uh did he say 16th century yeah. i guess he, i think he meant to say 17th century but either way if it was it, if it was related to that i thought it was that dialectical materialism cannot in and of itself be used to decide or determine whether or not it would be morally correct or incorrect to uh perform slavery which we all agree is just an important thing that human beings have done but just i think using that lens alone like being like well based on the material conditions and what everyone was doing at the time like i mean yeah. the the north atlantic slave trade was decidedly a capitalist venture in order to generate vast amounts of profit right. while dehumanizing people in the process yeah. and treating them like animals right and so it's not as if this was like this was purely necessity that this had to happen this was scaled up as time went on kind of idea i, I that that would be at, at its most generous i don't understand yeah. i don't understand the, yeah. the final one i think that one's just kind of trying to be edgy to try and push i guess maybe the opponent uh, uh, with like you don't you're not so, established so, in the world. So maybe, maybe all he was trying to do with the second one was just to get like non compete to make some unambiguously moral claims, so he could like start to push him on it. Although I I don't know, like he'd already done that, so I don't really know what the point was at that point. But like because because non compete was saying all these moral things, right? That like mm -hmm. you know oppression is bad and you know freedom is good and you know and and. Uh, whatever, killing Nazis and occupied France is good, whatever. These are all moral claims. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, like I said, I'm not crazy about some of the examples and like, I, um, you know, whatever. I, I, I'm happy not to know, but like the, uh, the, the opening example in particular, I wasn't crazy about, but the, uh, but, uh, uh, but whatever, like, I think that, I think the main point Vosh is making is a correct one. Although, Stuff at the very end about being a moral non-realist, but also being a utilitarian. I'm not quite sure what that means, but whatever. Put that aside. Uh, that I, I think that like his his overall point is a correct one, which is just like yeah, materialism is a theory about facts, and if it's a correct theory about facts, it can tell you stuff about what would be effective or ineffective strategies for bringing about your goals, or if you can bring them about the first, but whatever, right? Like all of that stuff. Uh, and, but it can't tell you what your, you know, what your goals, what your goals should, should be. Right. I mean, like, an, and I think when a computer started talking about how like they constructed this because they were interested in finding, finding depression and all that, like it, it kind of seemed like he was like right on the edge of getting that point that they, that like, what um 
you know, that like normative questions and factual ones are just different. The factual questions might be very, very relevant to the normative ones because like if you say whatever, I don't know, if, if we have um, like if, um, you know, I don't know, like they're, they're like, the future there are like robots that uh that are uh that um are, are treated in certain ways and like you might find out that the robots are are like sentient and you know that they, they could they could feel pain or whatever that then like that's like super normatively relevant right but like by itself that doesn't do all the way to like doing this or whatever like you need some kind of moral principle about um you know, it's wrong to cause suffering you know, or something like that. And, and, and I, I felt like there were points in it. And maybe, maybe this could be like the last point. Like I, I felt like there were points in it where it felt like all non-compete was really trying to say that like how to apply your values in any given situation depends on material facts about those situations, which is fine. Right. Like, like that, like, you know, if you have some sort of overall principle about how like suffering is bad, and, and and you want to reduce the amount of it, then like it could still be that like, um, you know, blowing up Nazis in crowded areas in occupied France, you know, might still be the thing that in that particularly dismal situation is the thing that'll bring about the least suffering overall, as opposed to not doing that or whatever. Whereas, like, if you're in you know America in 2022, that's there's no equivalent to that. That's true. That's all fine, right? Like that could all be true, right? But like that just seems like a a slightly separate question, right? Like that, like, yeah, absolutely. Like facts can tell you things about how to, if, if I think, um, that like, if I could just like somehow will it into existence that we'd be living under socialism tomorrow, I would obviously do that. Mm-hmm. But like, if, I, I push the button. That, I'd, I'd, I would push the socialism button. No yeah. question. Right? Why like, does an AOC uh, do it? I ask this every day. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, but uh, and uh, and so, you know, if we were just having a moral argument about like, would it be better assuming that both were equally possible to do at this moment? We, you know, we've got a socialism button, and then we've got a like slowly achieve some basic reforms button, and and say, okay, would it be morally better to push the socialism button or the slowly achieve some you know, some reforms? You know that might like start some process that one day in the future might lead to rupture with capitalism. Maybe right. Obviously, you should push the socialism button. That's clearly the morally correct option. But like that, we don't actually have one mm-hmm. um, yet. Like it could be that our, yeah, right uh, that are you know hard people are hard at work on it. You know, it's it's uh, like like the end of uh, the was it the uh, Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark, you know, top men, right? Top men are on uh, <laughs> uh, But like until the top men are successful, it could be that the, like an, a, an analysis of material conditions might tell us that like the, you know, that like, even though we would prefer to just have socialism tomorrow, that like the only way to get there is some kind of strategy that involves, you know, like a lot of, a lot of fighting for reforms that seem really petty and we wish we wish we could do more and more quickly and a lot of like you know starbucks workers like going through hell to just get like an extra buck an hour and like be able to like bargain over about like how to schedule shifts like whatever that's like the the material analysis can tell us 
that under this particular conditions, this is the most we might be able to like conform reality to our values right now because like that quote he read, the Ingalls quote from the Socialism Utopian Scientific, that they that sure that like what is possible or impossible at a given, you know, historical moment, right? Like what like what happens is more a function of you know modes of production, right? How production is organized, what the productive capacity is for society. That's all the stuff that in broad strokes is, is going to tell you, you know, what happens. Uh, but, you know, he could have also quoted from the, uh, the was it the uh, 18th Brumaire, you know, of uh, Louis Napoleon, where uh, Marx says that, you know, men make their own, their own history, but not under conditions they're choosing. And that's the point that, like, I mean, if you think there's no human agency, it just doesn't matter what, what anybody thinks or like what anybody thinks, like what values anybody has, what anybody thinks, right? That's just totally irrelevant. Mm-hmm. And sure, um, no point to having the conversation. There's also no point to having the argument that not compete Voss are having, right? Like that's, uh, <laughs> there's no point trying to convince people not to be idealists if that's true, right? Like convincing yeah. people not to be idealists would be pointless too. But like, you know, so yeah, if you go to that like super duper extreme, extreme claim, like materialism on steroids, then I guess like, Still, it still wouldn't be true that like materialist analysis of history is going to tell you what's right or wrong, but it might just tell you that it doesn't matter what anybody thinks is right or wrong, uh, or whether anybody's a materialist or idealist. But if you, uh, but like the more reasonable claim that like one that Marx is making the 18th Brumaire about making your own history, but not under conditions of your own choosing, you know, I mean, really seems like the the point that's like, yeah, humans act, but like what you're going to be able to get, you know a large enough group of people to act on is is going to to depend on these material things that like if you're appealing to you know their interests that's going to be more effective than, than just hoping that everybody just does things out of altruism uh and and if you're going to be effective in in bringing about historical change you know sure like getting the you know getting like organizing workers is a better strategy than appealing to jeff bezos's conscience or whatever right like all of that, all of that makes perfect sense, and I think that all of that is very much in line with what Engels is saying there. But none of that has anything to do with the idea that, like, you know, materialism by itself can tell us what's what's right and wrong. And that, I'm sorry, just is Marx's Sam Harris. Uh, what would you rate this debate out of ten? Uh, I don't know, three. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, it's, it's pretty. <laughs> Expected at least at least a six. Wow. I I don't know. I mean, like it's 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 some like part I heard at least starts out with some like incredibly weird stuff about uh, you know about pedophilia and aliens and like I I as it went on I kind of got the point like I got the point he was making with it eventually but like. I'm not quite sure why this was the example that's being used to make the point. And then like, but then like the rest of the debate was just that like uncompete was like, just not getting this really, really simple distinction and like also being mad about it. And, and, and Vosh, you know, was trying very hard to get him to see that really simple distinction. Also like at points, like probably he would have done a better job of it if he had chosen slightly less edgy examples and just like, sort of slowed down and been like, okay, here you, here's the German truth of what you're saying, but like also here's the thing you're not getting, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. 
maybe non-compete was like too bad about it that like that wouldn't have mattered anyway if he tried to do that mm-hmm. it would have all gone the same way but like part of the i don't know maybe three is too harsh but like what part of the reason i think like not very many you know out of ten is that uh is that like it it never really moved on from the first point right like mm-hmm. there, there was just like one extremely simple point that they just like went around in circles about and and it just never progressed from there so it's like that i mean even even judged in terms of entertainment value never mind like you know enlightenment yeah that that seems like not a great debate to me well you heard it here first everybody go go internet run with that go spread the word ben purchase ranks it a three. <laughs> oh, um ben where can everyone buy your much needed book uh because uh it sounds like uh, a lot of people here are hearing about you for the first time and i think they should probably go purchase some literature yeah so uh you can actually so i should say Everything, any link that has anything to do with me, more or less, you can find if you just go to benburgess.com. You can find everything from there. But in terms of the book in particular, the place I would recommend getting that I mentioned at the top of the segment is uh, Red Emma's. So red like the color, Emma like the name, you know, redemmas.org is a worker cooperative bookstore in Baltimore that, um, that, that order that you can, you know, order books from online. And, um, and, you know, and I, I like to support co-ops when possible. And also it's, you know, they, they've, uh, showed me and before it'd be, before I was doing my own things, he had BS a lot of love. And so, so I, I, I would, I would like to direct some back. So go get it from there. Uh, Ben, thank you so much for joining us. Let's do this more often. That was fun. Uh, yeah, it, absolutely. I think it's a great learning uh, uh, project for everybody because normally it's just a bunch of like Twitch jabronis like myself being like uh, debate good, debate bad, but like you actually can come from the perspective of like uh, academia, which is nice. All right. Thanks, Lance. All right. Cheers. So you've just been listening to an episode of the Surf Times, and if you enjoy it and want to see the Surf Times, you can go to wearesurfs.com or watch the live shows at thesurfs.tv. And also everywhere social media is sold, basically thesurfs.tv, you'll find us there, twitter.com slash thesurfstv, for example. It would also help us out tremendously if you could leave a good review of this podcast if you enjoyed it, either on, I don't know, iTunes or wherever you're podcasting. Apparently it does help, and yeah, we hope to see you soon. To our gods, Xander Corvus and Peyton L. Just, we beseech thee to smite down our enemies. To our monarch, Tom Spiker. We are but your humble court jesters, here to amuse you. To our lords, Trevor R., we give thanks for this spit of land for us to eke out this meager existence. To our knights, Merid, Cheryl Alvarez, Ruby Kelly, Ellie Leslie, Alex P., Brandon, Words Greenwood, Nate, That One Guy, Hagbird Celine, Matthew Scarborough, Stellar Vision, Ariane McCarthy, Daniel Sutton, Coulter Smith, Val 9000, Jenna Tall, Quiet 185, Anna Loves Riley, Omni, Riley and Anna, Poodlehawk, The Tim Caucus, Multimondi, Trevor Yanis, Lemmy 101, Anthropophojack, Seren 42, Catherine, Radical Maniac, Ramon Acosta, Nkosin, Violet Orchard, Sophie Baby, Political Puppy, Andreas Chiringuito, Zach Christensen, Josh Mickelson, Todd Buckingham, and Todd Lajeunesse. We raise our flag in a veil, and we salute you, our friends.